Is a record player the best way to listen to music? Of course not. So why are you still taking vitamins in pill form that haven't been upgraded since the 1930s? Even if you don't have trouble swallowing, most vitamins in pill form can't be absorbed very well. It's time to upgrade to the pill-free future of vitamins. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created a patent-pending ingestible gel that is clinically proven to have 265% the absorption rate of tablets. These physician-formulated supplements come in a small gel pack. You tear off the top and shoot it down. You can also mix it in water. They taste great, they're convenient on the go, and they're more natural, too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code UPGRADE for 20% off your first order of any product. That's HealthyCell.com. H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L dot com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I am back, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Facebook Live, YouTube, and on Twitter. I am Bryson Carver, back from a two-week break. Well, not exactly called a vacation, although it was nice to get you know get some time away, you know, take a little breather, uh, you know, be able to come back in the middle of March Madness. You got NFL free agency. That in itself might as well be March Madness. Some crazy NBA stuff going on right now. I'm going to talk about the John Morant situation. I'm going to talk about my Golden State Warriors, who everybody uh, everybody's writing off far too prematurely. I'll get into that. The Jalen Ramsey trade of the Dolphins, I don't think, is near as impactful as people uh, are, are making it out to be. The Derek Carr move to the Saints, which is somewhat confusing to me, especially considering what's going on with New Orleans in terms of all the guys they're letting go, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Jimmy Garoppolo to the Raiders. I'll get into Lamar Jackson's story in just a second. Um, but yeah, crazy last two and a half weeks since I've been gone. Uh, I mean, you had the Oscars last night. I watched that. Um, obviously it is, it is long, but that is, you know, the Oscar is, it, the Oscars are just as long as the sky is blue. So that's, you know, that comes to the territory. I thought Jimmy Kimmel did a great job. That was, you know, he, 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 he took a page out of Chris Rock's book. Like don't, don't pull any punches or slaps rather, uh, you know, from, from, from taking shots at Will Smith. Uh, but the, the, he did a great job. All the winners gave tremendous speeches. Uh, I, I am somewhat biased in believing that, that Austin Butler should have won uh, best actor in a leading role for his, his, uh, the job he did playing the great Elvis Presley. Uh, but Hey, that's, that's, that's no shot at Brandon Frazier or any, any like that, but, Unbelievable award show last night. I'm not going to talk any Oscars. Just want to give my, my two cents on that. I do want to start, however, with all of the moves going on right now. And you might have noticed I'm not talking Aaron Rodgers until the move happens. I, I, at this point, I've got a little bit of Aaron Rodgers fatigue in terms of 
will he or won't he? It's 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 like that 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 show with the the couple that doesn't get together until you know two three seasons after the show starts. We all know those TV shows. Point is, not going to say anything until the Aaron Rodgers Jets news breaks because it seems to be imminent. Jets players seem to be excited about it, but I don't know what to make of it because it's not official. So I'm going to wait. <laughs> Alexander Johnson, my teammate here at the Grid on the Cowboys Cam Fan Podcast. What's up, Alex? He says, crack him, son. Well, I don't have any any to crack. I got, I got some Gatorade. It's not really exactly a crackable beverage, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll let y'all uh, in Canada do that uh, in, in, you know, to honor the show. I appreciate y'all. I want to start with Lamar Jackson, though, because while I was away, the Ravens placed the non-exclusive franchise tag on him, which essentially means, for those of you who don't know what the non-exclusive tag is, basically, he's on a one-year contract. It's going to pay him pretty well, I think, in, in the range of $30 million, something like that, uh, which the way quarterbacks are getting paid now, I mean, Daniel Jones is getting paid $40 million a year now by the New York Giants after signing that four-year contract, which is mind-boggling to me. Uh, don't have enough time to get into that on the show. But as for Lamar Jackson, it gives him the opportunity and the ability to speak to other teams and other teams, say the Atlanta Falcons, let's throw that team out as an example. They could bid on him. They could offer him a contract, and the Ravens have the right to either match the contract or exceed it, and thus they would retain Lamar Jackson. But in what seemed like a half hour after the news broke, Lamar Jackson, you know, you know the Ravens have placed a non-exclusive tag on him. Here come the Falcons coming out. And here come the Panthers uh, coming out. And Although we, we saw they traded up to get the number one pick, but this was before that happened. Uh, I think the Commanders came out and said that they weren't interested in Lamar Jackson. All the, the Dolphins, no, we're content with Tua, even though he cannot stay healthy. And all the, you know, some of the knocks in Lamar Jackson is he can't stay healthy. Well, that's the same thing with Tua. That's neither here nor there. Point being, all of these teams right off the bat, no, we're not interested. Now, some people are saying hey, it's collusion. I, I don't know if I believe in that's collusion. Here's what I do think it is, though. And I think the Ravens were very, listen, the Ravens are a smart organization. I think they're one of the better organizations in the league. Steve Bashotti's a great owner. Eric DeCosta's a solid general manager. And you know what I think about John Harbaugh. Frankly, both Harbaugh's, but I think John Harbaugh is a fantastic head coach. What they were doing, what the rest of the league, at least the, the teams that need a franchise quarterback, what they are doing, in my view, just viewing it from a distance, is they're saying, we are not going to allow him to set the market. It's not just the Ravens, because we all know Lamar Jackson, all the reports are saying he wants a fully guaranteed deal that pays well over $200 million. Again, somewhere in the same ballpark of the contract Deshaun Watson signed a year ago, which the owners were incensed at the Haslam family, who, you know, tends to do bad business. Trust me, I live in Tennessee, I know. But they signed Deshaun Watson because they're desperate for a quarterback, despite his many off-the-field uh, concerns and troubles and allegations and so on and so forth. And all the other owners are like, "Well, that means we got to sign our quarterbacks to, to franchise uh, our franchise quarterbacks to to these long, fully guaranteed deals." And the fact of the matter is, there's not that many of those out there. Kirk Cousins has a fully guaranteed deal. Uh, obviously, I mentioned Deshaun Watson, but again, Lamar is asking for a deal in the ballpark of Deshaun Watson, fully guaranteed. And what you have to recognize is that NFL contracts, fully guaranteed deals are few and far between. They, they are mostly geared toward quarterbacks, which again, Kirk Cousins, his agent, hats off to both of them because, man, and I, I think Kirk is like a the 11th or 12th best quarterback. He's solid. Okay, he's, he's, he's a clear starter in the NFL. But, man, that dude's made a lot of money, but I got to tip my cap to him uh, for that. 
But in the NBA, there's all kinds of fully guaranteed contracts. Same thing in Major League Baseball. It's not in the NFL. Now, so that obviously, it's a, it's not a, as a, a, a basketball, former basketball coach once told me, it's not a contact sport, it's a collision sport. Basketball's a contact sport, football's a collision sport. So you have that working against you. And number two, I think, if, and this, this has always been the case, not just in the NFL, but in all professional sports, the owners want to maintain the power over the players. Now, the fact, the, the, the reality of the situation is that billionaires are always going to have the power over millionaires. It's just simple math. But they don't want to lose any of that to the players in terms of them getting these fully guaranteed deals to where, say, if they don't live up to the contract or if injuries do come into the play, which they have for Lamar Jackson the last two years, that's what's going to happen. But here's my issue with the Ravens and how they did this business, and it's something they cannot go back and correct because they already made the mistake. And it's the same mistake that a lot of teams have made in the past with their franchise quarterbacks. Again, the Dallas Cowboys come to mind with Dak Prescott. When these uh, the, 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 the owners and, and certain fans are like, oh, you can't pay him this much money. Like, it's going to strap the cap. Well, you know, you had an opportunity to pay him a couple of years ago. And again, I keep saying about Lamar Jackson, the Ravens better go in and pay him if they're going to keep him long term because the price of quarterbacks are skyrocketing. We see Aaron Rodgers is making Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, but uh, that Burrow guy in Cincinnati, he's, he's coming down the pipeline this offseason. He's going to get extended for a massive deal, as is Justin Herbert, as is Jalen Hurts. We don't know. We don't know with Lamar Jackson. Again, you consider this a guy that's won over 70% of his games, gets the playoffs seemingly every year. He's got an MVP on his resume. Uh, he has improved drastically. All the, all the numbers in the metrics show he's improved drastically as a pocket passer, which is what the, was the big knock on him and still is the big knock on him uh, all these years later in his NFL career. He's improved drastically. If injuries is the concern, well, there's other quarterbacks that you could throw in that discussion. Again, Deshaun Watson has had major injuries. As had has Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow tore his ACL his rookie year. He's an unbelievably talented quarterback. He, he's, he's taken the Bengals to heights that they haven't seen since the 80s. They're not going to think twice about paying him. That's my question. That's my question for the Baltimore Ravens is that you kind of messed this up earlier. I remember all the time Cowboys fans talking about, uh, or not all Cowboys fans, but some, oh, you can't pay Dak $40 million. Well, you could have paid him 30 You could have paid him 35 back in 2018, but you didn't. You waited too long. And... Which, by the way, I think $40 million is perfectly reasonable for Dak Prescott when you consider, A, the Cowboys restructure his deal, and B, uh, he's like the you know ninth highest paid quarterback. That's neither here nor there. The price for a quarterback, especially a franchise quarterback, especially a quarterback who, you know, won a unanimous MVP, which hasn't been done since Tom Brady did it in 07. Price is just going to keep going up. Somebody is going to pay Lamar Jackson. And look. With all of these teams saying, we don't want Lamar, we're not going to pursue Lamar. Again, if I were the Detroit Lions, I would at least consider it. You know, I like Jared Goff. He's not Lamar. Do your due diligence. Take time. My guess is Lamar is probably, probably going to play for the Ravens this season. Because, look, his, his, his market value would plummet if he doesn't play this year. Okay, you make more money playing on the field, and you you wouldn't lose as as much money playing as a uh, or I'm sorry, you wouldn't lose as much money playing and getting injured as opposed to if you sat out the whole season. At least that's how I view it. But somebody's got to pay Lamar. Doesn't look like he's going to be this year. Uh, this this is a, a good old fashioned 
Texas stare down because Lamar's not blinking. Ravens aren't blinking. And again, you have the added component of Lamar as his own agent, which complicates things all the more. So listen, we'll, we'll see what happens in terms of, uh, of whether or not they're able, they're able to retain and whether or not he plays this year. My guess is he probably does, but man, this has got to be the weirdest contract negotiation that I've ever seen, especially for a quarterback. The only comparison I can think of is Le'Veon Bell with the Steelers as far as just weird contract negotiations. We all know how that, how badly that turned out for Le'Veon, how much money he lost. I certainly hope that's not the case for Lamar Jackson because you guys know I'm a huge Lamar fan. I always say there's three quarterbacks in the NFL that to me are far too over-criticized and underrated. That's Lamar, Dak, and Carr. Those are my three guys. And by the way, I'll talk about Derek Carr in just a minute. Uh... Let's see. I mean, we got some comments here. Uh, let's see. Barry Grant Jr., the Olive Podcast. What's up, Barry? He says, I said this on my podcast this week, Bryson. Compare it to when the Wolves jumped out the dummy window and traded all that for Rudy Gobert. Screwed up the market for a bit until it corrected. Same here. Lamar is not uh, Lamar not having rep- representation hurts him in regards to certain nuances in negotiations. He needs to realize he isn't getting that foolish Watson deal. And that appears to be the case. And... Listen, I, I'm I'm hoping the best for Lamar and for the Ravens. Again, I got all the respect in the world for the Ravens as an organization. And again, you guys know I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan uh, in terms of how he plays the game and how he's improved from his rookie year to now. But again, my guess is, again, billionaires always beat out millionaires uh, unless, unless the millionaires are able to somehow finesse the system, which I don't know if Lamar's going to do that with the Ravens. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. But it's, it, is, it is an odd, odd situation. Patrick said Patrick uh, Brown of the Chaotic Sports Podcast and a new podcast, uh, which is coming out soon. I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit that more about that later in the show because we've got some new shows on the grid. Uh, you're going to want to check that stuff out. Patrick says, Baltimore waited too long, and now it'll cost them a few million more to sign Lamar. It's complicated on both sides. And then Alfred from the Metropolitan Report, which is back on the grid, as I talked about right before I went on my break. Uh, shout out to Alfred. He says, Lamar shouldn't hold out. We've seen what a season-long holdouts did to Le'Veon Bell. Came back and was never the same. The year off hurts. Totally agree. I think it would be career suicide, certainly financial suicide, in terms of Lamar wanting that big deal if he were to sit out this whole season. I think it would be horrible, horrible for him. Sitting out the end of last season and, and watching the Ravens just sink to the bottom of the NFL and basically every offensive ranking, outside, I guess, rushing, yeah, that helped Lamar a little bit. But, man, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because this is, again, this is just weird. And, again, some of, some of it is that Lamar is representing himself. And he does have an agent. Because if Lamar Jackson has an agent, well, the Ravens aren't going to be as straightforward, if you will, about uh, you know, you know, kind of being you know real hard negotiators because, the, you know, that agent may have future players, future star-free agents that may want to come to Baltimore and you don't want to, to piss off the agent so to speak. You don't want to uh, put a bad taste in their mouth to where the agent tells the player, yeah, don't don't go to Baltimore. They don't have to worry about that with Lamar Jackson. So, man, it's odd. I, I mean, I, usually you can tell where it's going to go with contract negotiations. I got no idea. I kind of have a leaning for where it's going to turn out with Aaron Rodgers. Towards the end of the Derek Carr, uh, Las Vegas Raiders situation, you kind of had a feeling for where that was going to, where that was going to end up. This one? I got no idea. I I really don't. So we'll see what happens. Uh, again, I I am on Aaron Rodgers' watch just like everybody else is right now. Um, I see the Eagles just lost a starter. Uh, so 
Listen, there's a lot of deals. Uh, the rich get richer in San Francisco. They signed Javon Hargraves away from Philadelphia. That defensive line was already unblockable. Now they just added a, a, one of the best nose tackles in the NFL to go with Bosa and with Armstead. I mean, Lord have mercy. And Fred Warner and my man, one of my favorite players that nobody talks about, Hufunga, the safety, the rookie who made the Pro Bowl last year. I love him. Uh, listen. I, I, you guys know I, I'm finally picking a new favorite NFL team. I haven't had a team in like two and a half years. It's about time I, I, I get one. The Niners are in that uh, that final three because anybody who's watched Carving It Up for any length of time knows how much I respect it as an organization. Uh, Pittsburgh's in that discussion. The Titans, just because I'm from Tennessee, they're in that ballpark. And, and I think, you know, listen, as a Tennessee Vols fan, I'm still leaving the door open to wherever Hidden and Hooker goes. Because that's my guy. I love Hendon Hooker. Hendo Cinco's, we call him uh, here in Tennessee. So uh, it, it's really technically down to four. Although if, if Hendon goes to somewhere like, uh, I don't know, Washington, uh, rooting for you, Hendon, but I cannot be a Commanders fan. I cannot be a Commanders fan. I, I can't do that. But someone I want to move on to who just switched teams, and that's Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo signed a three-year deal worth in, exce in excess of about $60, $67 million with the Las Vegas Raiders. Now. For Vegas, it's a it's an adequate replacement for Derek Carr. Is Jimmy G as good as Derek Carr? No, he's not. Not even close. And then I, I saw a stat where Jimmy G in the last three seasons has like four deep touchdown passes. Carr is over 20. Like it's not even close. Carr's clearly a better quarterback uh, than Jimmy Garoppolo. Here's here's my thoughts on it because you guys know I I, I used to once be a Jimmy G fan. And then as time gone on, time went on, you had the injuries, you had him consistently underperforming in the playoffs, not just underperforming, having some bad, I mean horrible playoff outings. Uh, you think about the, the Super Bowl against Kansas City, he was terrible in the fourth quarter, had a passer rating like in the 20s. Um, so he's had some stinkers. I, I'm not going to put up Jimmy G's playoff stat line right now, but for Vegas, we know that Briefly, at least, they were in the running for Aaron Rodgers before they reportedly pulled out. And we see, obviously, it seems to be either Packers or Jets for Aaron. There was rumors about a possible, uh, you know, them going after Lamar, possibly. Obviously, that's off the table now that they've signed Jimmy G. Look, you guys know what I think about Jimmy G. I think he's, he's in that discussion. He's a, what I call a low-end starter and a high-end backup. If you put Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo in a situation like San Francisco, which has probably the best roster in the NFL, with the second, in my view, the second best offensive coach in the NFL, and Kyle Shanahan, second to me, only to Andy Reid, with one of the best running games, with Devo Samuel, and with George Kittle, that offensive line, which, by the way, lost some pieces, but is still good, with Christian McCaffrey, yeah, I, I would hope he's successful. Now he's in Vegas. Now he's in a division with the best quarterback on earth, Patrick Mahomes, with one of, I think, the five or six best quarterbacks on earth, Justin Herbert. And I don't think, listen, I, I, you guys know I stole my stock on Russell Wilson in October. He's going to have a better year now that he has Sean Payton. Sean Payton made Taysom Hill, okay, look like a serviceable quarterback. He, I'm sure he can do that with Russell Wilson if Russell is willing to be coached by Sean Payton. And Denver's making some moves in the offseason. Yes. He has Josh Jacobs, and he has Devontae Adams, and Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller. Here's the problem. Or here's the problems, plural. Josh McDaniels is his head coach. Josh McDaniels has been an NFL head coach three seasons, two with the Denver Broncos back in the early 2010s, last year with the Vegas Raiders after getting hired from the New England Patriots. He has yet to have a winning season. 
And if there's anybody in the NFL, I always criticize, probably my biggest criticism of head coaches of the league is when they don't make adjustments at halftime. And nobody, it's not even arguable, no coach in the NFL was worse at that than Josh McDaniels. The Raiders blew, I think it was five double-digit leads, which I'm not sure it had ever been done in NFL history. I remember they blew a double-digit lead to Arizona, to Kansas City, uh, to Jacksonville. I, th- I mean, they, they had some, uh, some games. You're like, wow, this is unbelievable. Not to mention, in the last nine years, which is when Derek Carr was there, they never had a defense in the top 20. You know, for years we've lamented, hey, the one year Aaron Rodgers had a top 10 defense, he won the Super Bowl. Yeah, Derek Carr never even had a top 20 defense. And so you get a less talented quarterback, a less mobile quarterback with less of an arm, who has to play with the lead. Eh. Not to mention, Darren Waller, and I love Darren Waller. Congrats to him. I saw he got married to, to Kelsey Plum, the Las Vegas Aces. Congrats to, to them. But Darren Waller struggles to stay healthy. Okay. Hunter Renfro is an excellent slot receiver, but he struggles to stay healthy a year ago. Josh Jacobs is a running back. The Raiders have had a pretty successful running game, but that means nothing if you're trailing a lot of points, which they did last year. And as for Devontae Adams, check his social media. He's uh, disgruntled, we'll put it that way, with the Raiders acquiring Derek Carr. Because if you remember, he joined Vegas to play with, with uh, I'm sorry, the Raiders acquiring Jimmy Garoppolo, rather. Because he joined the Raiders to play with Derek Carr, who was his former uh, college teammate at Fresno State. And then they move on, and he's like, okay, let's see what happens. There's rumors about Tom Brady possibly going to Vegas before he retired. And then the Aaron Rodgers rumors started, and they end up with, with Jimmy G and, and Devontae Adams. was. It's like I, I, I keep downgrading at quarterback every year. I go from Rodgers to Carr to Jimmy G. Uh, it was not a good investment going to Vegas, Devontae. I, I, I hate to tell you. But I don't see how this works into even a playoff appearance. This feels like a six to eight win team. Eight, win, eight nine wins feels generous. Because they had six last year with Derek Carr, and it feels like they had a lot of those seasons. They had some seven and nine years, some eight and eight years. Made the playoffs twice, but that was with, especially in 2021, Derek literally putting the Raiders on his back, carrying them to the playoffs with all the organizational chaos they had a couple of years ago. But you've got a bad defense, a tight end, superstar tight end, but he can't stay healthy in a brutal division with an unproven NFL head coach. What is there to like? Is he better than Jarrett Stidham? Sure he is. That's not saying much. Jarrett Stidham is a backup quarterback in the NFL. Solid backup, but he's a backup. So, man, I don't get this one. As far as if the Raiders are trying to build towards relevance, not sure this puts them that much closer. Again, Jimmy G, low-end starter, high-end backup. How much better did that Niners offense look? And again, I hated that Jimmy G went down, knock on wood for him, that that doesn't happen, although that's kind of been his history. Like every, like literally look at Jimmy G's history. Every other year he gets hurt. 2016, uh, he got hurt in the second game when he was replacing Tom Brady, uh, when, when Brady got the ridiculous four-game suspension for Deflategate. 2018, Jimmy G tore his ACL. 2020, he dealt with a plethora of injuries. I'm not sure. He probably, probably started six, seven games or so. And then last year, 2022, he broke his foot. So I hate that Jimmy G gets hurt, but it's his reality. And again, when Jimmy Garoppolo went down, Brock Purdy stepped in. How much better did that Niners offense look? I mean, I called him, I, I nicknamed him Sturdy Purdy, Sturdy Brock Purdy. He looked good, <laughs> okay? They were pushing the ball down the field. They allowed him to be mobile, allowed him to use his legs. Um, I mean, that's what he is. He's a low-end starter, high-end backup. Uh, that's what he is. 
<laughs> John Rivera using the the name for Jimmy Garoppolo that uh that Stephen A. Smith uh coined for him, porn star Jimmy. Man, we are are we really still holding that over Jimmy Garoppolo? Ah, oh, Lord, it was a poor. It was, it was definitely a lapse in judgment. There's no question about that. Patrick Brown, the Niners are stacking up and going for it all. Bears signing Tremaine Edmonds is huge for their defense. Pittsburgh just reached an agreement for Patrick Peterson, uh, which is good for Pittsburgh, by the way, because they just lost. Shout out to, to to VFL Cam Sutton, who signed with the Detroit Lions to shore up their secondary. Uh, and John John says, remember, Jimmy was winning before they got all the talent. Um, I don't know. That Niners roster is still pretty good, John. They still had Nick Bosa. They had they had D Ford. If you remember, D Ford was a good pass rusher. They had Kittle. They had Debo. That was Debo's rookie year. Uh, who else? They had. A, I remember they had Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, so that was still a stacked Niners roster. Uh, not as good as it is now. The secondary was a little bit of a weakness, but yeah, I mean, there, there's a reason the Niners just ran over people. And again, I lied. I said I wasn't going to bring out Jimmy G's playoff stats, but we have it here. I think we there. Okay. Again, how much impact on winning does Jimmy Garoppolo have? 160 yards a game. He has four touchdowns, six interceptions, completes 61% of his passes, has a very average passer rating at 74, but he has a 4-2 record. But again, those two losses were when he was relied on uh, much more than he normally was in the four wins. That's just what it is. I mean, he's he's good. Like, he, you can win games with Jimmy Garoppolo. But in the AFC, do I see the Raiders getting the playoffs? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, no, no chance. No chance they're getting in. Matter of fact, I think they're probably going to finish last in their division. Kansas City's running away with the West because they've run away with the West ever since 2016. I have no reason to, 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 to think that that's not going to continue. I anticipate the Chargers will probably finish second, although it looks like they're going to lose Austin Eckler, who requests a trade. Uh, you got Denver obviously getting Sean Payton. They've made some moves in free agency, so... There's a lot of good, a lot of good stuff happening in the AFC West, uh, except for Vegas. John John says that Bears doing big things. Yeah, I, I don't have the, enough time to talk on my show about them trading for the uh, for or trading away rather the number one pick, but I'll, I'll I'll see if I can fit that in the show on Thursday because again there's there's a ton of topics. Again, so much happened in sports of the last couple of weeks that I was gone. Uh, there's some topics from the last couple of weeks I'll try and fit in on Thursday. Like I, I normally do five topics today. I'm doing six because there's so much. Uh, so much chaos happening uh, in the world of sports, as my man Patrick Brown would say. Chaotic Sports Podcast. Go check it out. He's got a new episode. Uh, what do we got next? We, we, is, is it the John Morant story? Before I get to John Morant, let's see if there's any any other news in the NFL. Uh, let's see. Doesn't look like it. Uh, Eagles lost another starter, Marcus Epps, as I mentioned, who signed with the Vegas Raiders. Uh, let's see. Broncos signed tight end Chris Manhurts. Uh Cow Cowboys are working to hard to get an agreement with Dante Fowler Jr. So uh, I, I get a kick out of every year. Uh, listen, and this is why I'm out on Dallas. This is why, as much as I love Dak Prescott, I'm still going to pull for Dak Prescott. Okay, the Dak hat has not been retired. Okay, it will come back. But this is why I was like, okay, I can't, I can't do it anymore because you know, the, the Jerry Jones is the king gaslighter. Okay, they restructure Dak's deal. They restructure Zach Martin's deal. All this cap space, eh, it don't mean nothing. They they're not going to go anywhere. They're not getting DeAndre Hopkins. They may get Odell, maybe, even though the scouts didn't even show up to his workout last week in Arizona. So, ah, it's it's, it's Dallas. They, they they they're not exactly known for for making big free agent moves in the last you know two decades. Uh, Alfred says we have missed you, Bryce. Well, I appreciate that, Alfred. Uh, 
appreciate everybody showing up uh you know to the show uh on this beautiful monday afternoon monday evening rather uh i i missed it i missed doing the show just need some time to relax decompress um but like i said i'm i'm back in in, in full full throttle full throttle uh, especially for the stretch run in the nba nfl free agency again i don't even have time to talk about march madness i'm working on a little something little little, little something something i'll put out on social media let y'all know about that um but it's the, the tournament is is unbelievable. I thought there was a. I, I tweeted last night. The only March Madness thing I'll say. As somebody who watches a lot of SEC basketball, because I'm a Tennessee fan, and by the way, I felt like we got a little bit of a favorable seat as a four seat. I felt, felt like the the tournament. Felt like the the committee was a little generous to Tennessee, but hey, I'll take it. Texas A&M got jobbed. <laughs> okay, how is Texas A&M a seven seed? Their resume is good. They finished second in the conference. Oh, boo-hoo, they lost to Alabama, who's, you know, ranked number one in the country today. They came out with the top 25. The AP did. Alabama's number one. I mean, yeah, A&M as a seven seed is crazy. I mean, nutso. Uh, oh, I did not know Alfred was a Purdue fan. Okay, he says, let's go Purdue Boilermakers. All right, all right. I got, I got nothing against Purdue. I got nothing against Purdue. I, I got a lot against Alabama and, and Florida and... Uh, see, I'm not technically not supposed to like Georgia, but I, I, I'm telling you, Georgia has the nicest fan base I've ever encountered ever. I mean, like like Georgia and and all all fans of Canadian sports teams, like the Raptors, the Blue Jays. I mean, that, that that's just kind of the, the the stereotype really is true about Canadians being nice, like they really are. By the way, something else too. Uh, Panthers signed Sam Darnold. That's interesting. So they must know again. A lot of folks are talking about who's the Niners starting quarterback. Well, I'll tell you who it's not. It's not Brock Purdy. Okay, he had Tommy John surgery, basically. So he, he's gone all of this. There's no way Brock Purdy's playing this season. I don't know if they'll let him play, even if he's somewhat close. Uh, that is a full year-long recovery, as we know, from Major League Baseball, from pitchers getting that same surgery done. Uh, I'm assuming Sam Darnold is the backup to uh, to Lance. But how interesting would that be if... If Trey Lance doesn't pan out, because you guys know I I was all in on Trey Lance after uh, during the 2021 draft. I famously said, Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback. Lance will have the best career because of the talent surrounding him. Well, he's barely played, and when he has played, I mean, there's been moments here and there where you're like, oh, there, there he is. There's the third overall pick in the draft. But it's been kind of underwhelming, especially when you consider what is around him as opposed to what Trevor Lawrence had around him his rookie year, what Justin Fields has had around him. Uh, that That's... Does Sam Darnold step in and, and he's the Niners savior? If so, uh, I don't know if I'd have all that much confidence. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Buccaneers kept Jamel Dean, by the way, which is good. He's, he's a solid DB. Uh, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot going on. Uh, by the way, Falcons got Jesse Bates. People don't know about Jesse Bates. Dude is an incredible and, and a huge, huge member to that Bengals secondary. Uh, that, that's going to be a big, big loss for him because I, I, I talked about the back half of last season and certainly in the playoffs, Cincinnati's defense was far and away the most underrated in the league. They had one of the better defensive lines, certainly on the interior. Linebacking core was solid. Secondary was excellent. Take away Eli Apple, at least secondary was excellent. And that's why they got as far as they did. It's, you know, there's no shame in losing to Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead Stadium. There's there's no shame whatsoever in that. Uh, It helped if Joe Burrow had played better, but that's that's neither here nor there. So, uh... Let's see. Okay, that's just about the Cowboys possibly getting OBJ. Yeah, so nothing's official. It's just speculation. Okay, so a little bit of a serious topic. 
Let's see. Do we have a comment here? Yeah, yeah. John just says Atlanta doing big things too. Yeah. Listen, they're spending money in free agency. Uh, we'll see what their quarterback situation is. I, I have to assume they're taking a quarterback in the first round of this draft. Uh, De- Desmond Ritter. I, I wasn't all that high in Desmond Ritter coming out of Cincinnati. He, he's fine. He had some moments last year. He had a solid game against Tampa Bay in the regular season finale. But he's, it's nothing to write home about. I assume they'll take somebody. Uh, wh- where's Atlanta? Atlanta in the top five of the draft? I think they are. We know Carolina, again, is the number one pick now. So we assume it's Shroud. It's Bryce Young. We'll see. But... Again, more NFL draft talk to come. We got about a month and a half until until draft day, which is is very very exciting. We'll, we'll see if we can do a a live stream NFL draft here on the grid or on carving it up. Uh, it should be interesting to uh, to see. But I do want to again. I want to transition to a little bit more serious topic because again, this is something else I didn't have the opportunity to to kind of get my take on. It's something that is still still relevant uh, in the National Basketball Association today, and that is the situation regarding Ja Morant. So as we all know by this point. A little less than, or a little more than two weeks ago, something like that. Nuggets play in Denver. Nuggets beat the Grizzlies. And, I'm sorry, sorry, Grizzlies. Grizzlies play in Denver. Nuggets beat the Grizzlies, and and John Morant goes to uh, a strip club, and he goes on IG live and is flashing a gun. He has not played a basketball game since. The Grizzlies have suspended him. At first, it was two games. Then they extended it to four games. It feels like an indefinite suspension. Uh, I know Colorado police was investigating it. They, they're, he's not, they're not going to press charges. Uh, so it's kind of up in the air right now as, as whether or not John Morant's even going to play the rest of the season. I do know this. If David Stern was a commissioner, uh, we saw what happened with Gilbert Arenas in 2009. If David Stern was a commissioner, and I love Adam Silver. Adam Silver, to me, is the best commissioner by far. And I like Goodell, but Silver's the best commissioner by far in professional sports. But if Stern was a commissioner, Jaw's done for the year. Uh, but what I think is 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 makes the story all the more interesting is because of the other stories that had come out in the weeks prior to him flashing the gun on IG Live, where there was the one about him and his entourage or allegations that they pulled up to the Indiana Pacers team bus and pointed a red laser. You have the allegations that last summer, Ja basically beat up a 17, 18-year-old kid after playing pickup uh, back at his home. I guess he was in South Carolina because that's where, where Ja's from. Uh, there, there's some, I mean, there, again, they're allegations. We have no idea if they're true or not, but not great for an image of a guy who just signed a deal with Nike, who just signed a deal basically to be the face of Powerade, uh, you know, the sports drink. It's not a good look for a guy who, He's one of the young faces of the NBA. And again, with, you know, Steph's getting older, LeBron's getting older, so is KD. So, uh, you know, once once these guys sort of age out of their primes in the next three, four years or so, Jaws got an opportunity to be literally one of the premier faces of the NBA. Along with Giannis, uh, Joel Embiid, Jokic. But what does Ja not have in common with those guys? He's an American-born player. And we know, listen, as great as Giannis is, I think Giannis is the second-best player in the world, Steph Curry. I'll talk about the Warriors late, later on in the show. But there's a special type of marketing that comes for American-born players, right? It's just it's how it's always been. I mean, you know, Hakeem Olajuwon was the second-best player in the 90s, in my view. It's either Hakeem or Barkley. But Barkley was way more popular than Hakeem. I think, I don't, I'm not, I don't think Hakeem was from the U.S. I could be wrong on that. I could be totally wrong on that. Um... Michael Jordan obviously was the face of the NBA in the 90s. John Morant has an opportunity to be something somewhat similar to that. And 
he's jeopardizing this big time, folks. He is, and again, he put out a statement. He's uh, reportedly he's 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 getting help to address certain things. I don't know if there's any alcohol at play. I don't know if there's uh, drugs, whatever the case may be. All I can say for Ja individually right now in the moment is that he gets the help he needs in order to address these problems. Um, here's what I'm here's what I'm not gonna do. Because I, I I'm big on I, I'm somebody who takes personal responsibility into account a lot. Here's one individual that I'm not gonna be as hard on as I feel like a lot of people are. T Morant. Who's Jaw's dad? We know T. Morant is a very outspoken guy, uh, somewhat similar to Lavar Ball in some ways. Remember Lavar? Uh, he's obviously seen courtside a lot of Grizzlies games. We understand the incident he got into with Shannon Sharp at uh, at the Crypto.com Arena in Los Angeles. All these type of different things going on. John Morant is 23, 24 years old. Now he's still young, but he's not 19. He's not like a kid. Like he's not like my age, essentially. This is his fourth year in the NBA. It's up to him. It's up to, 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 to him to, to, to surround himself with people that are going to put him in the best position to succeed. You know who did that? And um, I think is a billionaire because of it and has helped lift up people because of it? One LeBron James. LeBron James understood, because listen, LeBron James came from, came from Akron. You know, he, he had a rough childhood growing up. He understood that the heck the name LeBron James, his name is a brand. Signed a hundred million dollar contract with the Cavs before he ever played a basketball game. Got Nike, who he signed a long uh, a lifetime contract with. All these different endorsements, all the hype surrounding LeBron James. LeBron, as an eighteen year old kid, understood what that meant in terms of who to surround himself with. And to his credit. He surrounded himself with great people. Maverick Carter, Rich Paul. I mean, a great inner circle. Obviously, we know he's been with his wife, Savannah, since day one, basically. Braun understood that at 18. Again, now, different people are different maturity levels. I understand that. But this is on Ja. There's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. This is on Ja Morant. Same on the Grizzlies. It's not on T. Morant. Okay, because to T. Morant's credit, he raised Ja Morant pretty well. Went to Murray State. Nobody knew who he was. Gets drafted the NBA by the Grizzlies. Has become literally one of the faces of the NBA. I mean, you you you, you turn your head every other day. Ja either dunked on somebody's head. Obviously, there's that 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 play against the Lakers last year where he literally went up. His head his head is at the rim where he he, he blocked. I think it was Avery Bradley's layup attempt. He's an incredible athlete and is is so fun to watch. He's got to understand that his very name is a brand, and what he is jeopardizing. And I'm pulling for him. Listen, I don't like the Grizzlies. I've been very clear about that, especially as a Warriors fan. It, it, I'll, I'll say that for later. But man, I do not want Ja, as a young kid, uh, putting himself in position to to throw away what has a, a, the potential to be, is it too early to say, dare I say, the potential to be a Hall of Fame career? He's accomplished so much on and off the court individually. And don't go throwing that away just because you want to present an image of yourself that, for keeping it real, probably isn't the case. I'm not talking about Jaws' character. I'm talking about the image that he's trying to portray on IG Live in his personal life. 
He's got to he's got to separate himself from certain people that are in his life that are eating off of his meal ticket, essentially. And that's not easy to do <laughs> at all. But it's for his own good. Hope John recognizes that. I listen. Your guess is as good as mine as to whether he or not he's going to play basketball the rest of the season. Frankly, for him, that doesn't matter. He's still in his early to mid-20s. He's still got a long, long career ahead of him if he puts himself in the position to succeed. You know, with the, with the Grizzlies, with, with Nike, with, with Powerade. Again, Nike replaced Kyrie Irving with John Morant. You know, because you know, Kyrie was involved in, in, in the controversy and in many controversies. And so they're like, okay, we're done with Kyrie. This this young guy who's who's, who's on the come up, let's 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 give him the sneaker deal. And now he puts himself in position here. Where he compromises himself and compromises others. I'm pulling for John Morant. Um, I'm hoping he he learns from this, he matures from this. And man, this 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 is a this is a no-joke situation. By the way, uh in a city like Memphis, again, I, I, I'm not I'm not from that area uh, of the state of Tennessee, but that's not an area that you want to present a certain image of yourself that, frankly, probably is not true. That is the last city that you want to do it in. Pulling for Jaw, praying for Jaw, that he's able to mature from this, understand what he's what he's what he's jeopardizing, and. Uh, Hopefully, the next time we see him on the court, sure, we know he's going to get better. He's young. Of course, he's going to get better as a basketball player with his work ethic. He's got great work ethic, uh, as, as we can see. Hopefully, he's a better man because of this. Uh, again, just, uh, just trying to keep tap on NFL free agency. doesn't look like we've got anything major uh, as of right now. We've got uh, we got some comments. Uh uh, Alfred says, how dumb can one be to potentially blow his career? The fact that he flashed a gun, allegedly beat up a teenager, the pacer situation, the shopping mall security guard confrontation, I forgot to bring that up, Alfred, and all this, and they initially suspended him two games. He needs a mentor and better people around him. And shame on Dylan Brooks for talking about they don't need veterans on the Grizzlies. Morant's statement is bogus. You don't need to, you don't need to go get help. You know, uh, you don't need to go get help to know you should shouldn't be playing with guns. It is very easy to not be a knucklehead. Well, agreed, Alfred. And I'm not listen. I'm not excusing John for a minute. Again, that like I said, this is 100% on John Morant. That's why I'm not putting as much onus on Team Morant as other people are. Okay, I mean, Team Morant raised job. He's in the NBA. He did something right. Um, man, it's 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 a tough situation and. <laughs> Listen, John's got some growing up to do. There's no question about it. And that that's something else, too. You, you mentioned Dylan Brooks. I'll get to I'll sort of get into Dylan Brooks, what he said about the Warriors in just a second. But on a more serious matter about him talking about we don't need veterans, man. The Grizzlies are one of the younger teams in the NBA because you've got Ja, you've got Brooks, you've got Desmond Bain, Tyus Jones is an excellent backup point guard. Uh Zaire Williams, I think is his name. It's obvious the unthinkable is gonna happen soon. With all the distractions in the media, we probably won't see it coming. Your gut tells you there's something very wrong going on, and all the evidence suggests that there is. Those in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. American families are preparing. Folks are getting into self-reliance and investing in emergency food storage. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, is the place you can trust. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save 25%, plus get free shipping on all their three-month emergency food kits. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Order by 3 p.m. and your items ship the same day. It's time to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com Really, their one veteran in their entire organization is Steven Adams. Steven Adams, this is his 10th year in the NBA, if I'm not mistaken, 10th, 9th, 10th year in, in the league. And, you know, Steven's a guy who's, who's been there and done that. He's played with OKC, with New Orleans, uh, with Memphis. And listen, that, that is a voice in the locker room. Ask anybody who's ever played with Steven Adams. That is a voice in the locker room that everybody respects. And for Steven Adams to call that team meeting, when all the controversy was surrounding John ja Morant and Ja walked out of the meeting. Man, there's some stuff internally going on with Memphis right now that is that is not good. I mean, anybody, and this shows how stupid Dylan Brooks is. Seriously. To not understand, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Alfred. To, to not understand what championship winning team in the NBA has not had at least, at least one Key veteran. Why do you think Udonis Haslam's still in the NBA? Udonis Haslam barely plays a dribble. And when he does, it's not good, by the way. And I, and I love UD. Listen, he, he, love him. But why is he still in the NBA? Why is Andre Iguodala still in the NBA? Because their value to a team in terms of leadership, in terms of mentorship with the young guys, is invaluable. And again, Young players are going to take it from a fellow player more than they would a head coach. It's not necessarily that they they don't respect the coach, but it means something different coming from a player. Yeah, Grizzlies could use a lot of, not just Steven Adams, they could use a lot of veterans for many reasons, particularly off the court. Uh, Alfred says, if Ja was in the NFL, he'd have been suspended big time. Goodell loves to make examples out of these types of situations. See Ray Rice. Now, now, Ray Rice, that's a different situation. That's domestic violence. But, no, absolutely. Goodell, Deshaun Watson, for example. Uh, yeah, this this is this is not good. I, I, I'm Again, it's kind of like the Lamar Jackson situation, obviously far more serious. But I, if I had to guess, honestly, if I had to guess, I don't, I don't think we see John Morant the rest of this basketball season. I really don't. Unless, I, I, I don't see it. I, I really don't. I think the next time we see John Morant playing basketball, it's in October of 2023. That that sucks for him, but at the end of the day, he's only got himself to blame. He put himself in this position, and you hope he grows from it. You hope he grows. Uh, yeah, yeah. There, there, there you go, Alfred. Uh, the remnants of Pac-Man Jones. Exactly. No, Goodell, and again, I mentioned David Stern tended to do this back when he was the commissioner, God rest his soul. So we'll see. I, I did, though, want to touch on, while on the topic of the Grizzlies, uh, into a less serious topic, uh, Dylan Brooks was uh, gave his two cents on on the Golden State Warriors. And he, he took a lot of shots, particularly at Draymond Green. And uh, first of all, again, there's a reason I often refer to Dylan Brooks as a three-letter word, B-U-M, bum. That's what he is. He's not that very good. He's not a very good basketball player. 
Uh, Dylan Brooks has accomplished nothing in the NBA. Oh, my, my bad. He's led the league in fouls twice. That, that's what he's done. That's what he's done. The guy who's taking a shot at Draymond Green, yeah, he has, uh, he has four NBA championships. He has two Olympic gold medals. He has a defensive player of the year on his resume, and he has made the All-Star game four times. So, uh, Dylan Brooks ain't done nothing. The Grizzlies. Come out, they had Dynasty, and it's a rivalry with Golden State. I heard Jaron Jackson Jr. talk about that a couple months ago. It's a rivalry with Golden State. It's not a rivalry. The Grizzlies in this current era that they're in, we'll call it the John Morant era since they drafted him in 2019. They, uh, they've won one playoff series in four years. What's interesting, too, <laughs> in the last four years, the Grizzlies, well, let's call it three because the playoffs haven't started yet. In the last three years leading up to this one, the Grizzlies made the playoffs twice. Twice out of three years. It's pretty good, right? They've won one playoff series. The Warriors have made the playoffs once in those previous three postseasons. Not only do they win playoff series, they actually have that uh, that Larry O'Brien trophy to show off for it. And Dillbrook's talking smack, and they're interviewing on TNT, and he's thinking he's all this. Yeah, he... Uh, Shot under 50%, and the guy he guarded, Steph Curry, got, got 29 points. An efficient 29, by the way. It's not like it was a – it wasn't a James Harden 29. It was you know, wasn't like he took 25 shots to get there. Uh, did, did, you know, uh, Dylan Brooks act like he, he, he's some. You know, Dylan Brooks act like he's part of other coaches' game plans. Hate to tell it to you, buddy. You're not. Not very good. You're a liability offensively and defensively. Teams attack you. When Jaws is on the floor, at least. Jaws is the worst defender than Dylan Brooks. Teams attack you. Okay. Come on, man. You ain't done nothing. Patrick Brown, LeBron James withstood a lot of fame at a young age. To be the face and the chosen one at age 17, these kids today need to understand that there's a price for being a high-profile athlete. Absolutely. And Alfred says, Grizzlies throughout the history of the franchise have never had a rival. Not even the Raptors were considered a rival when the Grizzlies were in uh, Toronto. No, the Grizzlies actually were in Vancouver at the time. Uh, but yeah, they they were they were the second Canadian team before they moved to Memphis. Uh, yeah, they, I mean, how, rival rivalry? How 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 are the Grizzlies a rivalry? How, how is the Warriors Grizzlies thing a rivalry? It's not. The Warriors have had one rival in this whole dynasty run, and that is LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know why? Because LeBron and the Cavs actually beat them. So you got to beat them to be a rival. It's got to be a back and forth for it to be a rival. Can't be one sided. Last I checked, uh, Golden State beat Memphis in the playoffs last year. I mean, call me crazy. I'm pretty sure they beat them last year in six games in the second round. They're taking all that, all that smack. Remember John Morant talking about, oh, it's going to be a fun series. It wasn't now. wasn't now. Shut up. Bums. All right, moving back to the NFL. I did want to talk about Derek Carr because you guys know. I'm Like I talked about Lamar Jackson at the end of my Lamar segment. Lamar, Dak, Derek Carr. Those are my the three quarterbacks that I defend more than any because I I don't need to defend Patrick Mahomes. I come on, he's <laughs> it speaks for itself. His resume and what you see on the field speaks for itself. I don't need to defend uh, Tom Brady. I don't I don't need to, but I don't I don't defend Aaron Rodgers. But even I can say, listen, Aaron's Aaron's resume is, is incredible. He's got four MVPs. I, do I think he's underachieved in terms of winning championships? Yeah, I think a lot of people feel that way. But he's still a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. There's, it's, uh, it's not even, not even a question. Uh, Derek Carr. So, a couple weeks back, he signed with the New Orleans Saints. 
It's a very reasonable contract. I think it's going to pay him about $37 million a year uh, with New Orleans. Four-year contract, if I'm not mistaken. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't get it. And I love Derek Carr. I don't, I don't get it. Because, yes, he left Las Vegas. Or Vegas released him. And he's like, thank God, I'm out of here. Poorly run organization, we understand that. Bad defense for the nine years he was there, we understand that. An influx, just a revolving door, a carousel, if you will, of coaches, offensive coordinators, not to mention he played in one of, if not the toughest division in the NFL. It was a circus, not to mention the stuff that happened off the field with the Raiders in the time that he was there. He goes to New Orleans. Is it more stable? Absolutely. Is it? An easier division, 100%. The Saints are, to me, easily the favorite today to win the NFC South because the Panthers are in a rebuild, the Falcons are in a rebuild, and the Bucks, to a lesser degree, are in a rebuild as well. I'm hearing that they're, they're, they're targeting Baker Mayfield. Uh, they'll win six, seven games, maybe maybe eight, but they only won eight with Tom Brady last year, so you know, Tampa Bay's effectively in a rebuild. It's New Orleans that's really, really confusing because they just lost, again, another VFL. Shout out to Shy Tuttle. They lost Shy Tuttle. It looks like they're going to lose Marcus Davenport in free agency. They had to restructure Cam Jordan's deal. They've already got the Albatross, which is Taysom Hill's contract, Michael Thomas's contract. I think Michael Thomas is going to make like $25 million this year, which is nutso. Uh, he, safe to say he's peaked back in 2019. Alvin Kamara, you've got a situation with his contract and off the field, there's some stuff there. So, I don't, I don't get it. Are the Saints the most talented team in the division? Yeah, probably. Certainly, we understand the home field advantage that is the Superdome. But, I, I don't get it. Especially, too, and I kept saying about the Jets, and, and obviously this is off the table now, now that Derek Carr is a Saint, but I kept saying, Jets, I, I don't understand why you're more intent on getting Aaron Rodgers than Derek Carr. Because today, I don't know, I watched Aaron Rodgers last year. Are we sure there's a gap between them? Rodgers is probably still better, but not by much. Not by much. I mean, he, he's yet to have a 300-yard passing game since week 14, 2021. It's been a year and a half since Aaron Rodgers has thrown for 300 yards. Not to mention, you have to give up stuff to get Aaron. You have to give up assets. You didn't have to do that with Derek Carr. Plus, he costs less. Plus, he's more committed. Plus, he's younger. That was confusing. I, I don't understand. And plus, too, the Jets were talking about you know, Derek Carr. We got an opportunity to, to uh, you have a chance to be a first bout Hall of Famer, which I love Carr. I don't think he's going to be a first bout Hall of Famer. That one didn't make sense to me. The Saints is an odd fit. I mean, if I were Derek Carr and I was going to the NFC South, I'm going to Carolina. Because had they acquired Derek Carr, they would not have traded up to get that number one pick. They wouldn't have traded the assets. They wouldn't have traded DJ Moore. They have a tremendous defense led by Brian Burns. They have a guy in Frank Reich who makes every quarterback work, essentially. 
Like I never, he never had the opportunity to have a franchise quarterback in Indianapolis outside of Andrew Luck. But the problem is he got Andrew Luck when poor guy was just so beat up from all those years of having a terrible offensive line. It took its toll on him and he retired. And then it was Jacoby Brissett and an old Philip Rivers and an old Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz. He gets Derek Carr now. So I think Carolina, if Derek, if Derek was going to go to the NFC South or the NFC in general, that's who I would have chosen. Again, I thought the 49ers could have worked possibly, and Derek Carr's a West Coast guy. Played at Fresno State. That could have been up, uh, you know, in, in, up in the air. But I, I don't know. Th this is a confusing one, man. The, the, this, this one I, I'm still kind of scratching my head about. Yes, Dennis Allen was his head coach when he was a rookie with the Oakland Raiders. I understand that. But how's Dennis Allen's resume as a head coach? As a defensive coordinator, he's tremendous. He's outstanding. As a head coach, yeah, I mean, there, and there's coaches like that around the NFL, OCs and DCs, that they just don't translate to being head coaches, whether or not it's taking on more of a load uh, as far as the responsibilities on the field in the locker room. They're called on to be, you know, more of a leader, more of a leadership role than they are when they're just a coordinator. Whatever the case may be with Dennis Allen, he just hasn't really worked out as a head coach. And, I mean, look, Carr is obviously an upgrade over Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston. I just don't see it working anywhere past, yeah, they'll win the NFC South, but do they win a playoff game? Because good chance they'll have to face either, they'd have to face either Dallas, Philadelphia, because good chance they'd be the four seed. If they're the three seed, okay, maybe they could win a playoff game. But if they're the four seed, they got to face you know, the second best team in the NFC East, which all of a sudden is a phenomenal division. If they've got to face, let's say Seattle gets better next year, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But on the bright side, on the bright side, they have Chris Olave, who you guys know I loved out of the draft last year out of Ohio State. So they've got pieces on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, defensively, again, they still do have Cam Jordan. They still have uh, Marcus Lattimore. I, 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 Mar, I'm sorry, Marshawn Lattimore. Not Marcus, Mar, Marshawn Lattimore. But uh, feels like the Saints need to go into rebuild, and they're kind of clinging for dear life and trying to compete for championships. But eh, that's kind of my reaction. Eh. I, I, I wish the best for Derek Carr. I'm rooting for him, but eh, I don't know about this one. Uh, yeah, Patrick Brown shares my sentiments. He says, Derek Carr to the Saints is curious, and there's some news the Bucks may be looking to sign Baker Mayfield. Guess who he'll be jumping for? Uh, guess who'll be jumping for joy if it were to happen? Hint, he's on FS1. Listen, the people got listen. There's this, it's a misconstrued thing with, with Colin Cowherd and Baker Mayfield. I do not think they hate each other. Listen, was Colin tough on a famously tough on Baker coming out of the draft? Yeah, was he right? Yeah, uh, but it, it's it's a it's a I wouldn't say it's even love hate. It's a it's a friendly rivalry. I wouldn't classify it as anything. I'm, I'm not gonna speak for Colin. I'm gonna, but. Yeah. Look, Tampa Bay would be fine. They'd be fine with Baker. They wouldn't be terrible. But they struggle with Tom Brady. And albeit a a a a declining Tom Brady, a 45-year-old Tom Brady. But we'd I mean, you'd still take Tom Brady. A, a, a two-thirds of the league would take probably take Tom Brady over their current starter. Okay, not 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 two-thirds. That's pushing it. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't know. 3 fifths. 3 fifths the NFL would take. Tom Brady is their starter. I think that's absolutely fair to say. Uh, it's even today. Patrick, New York will have a media field day with Aaron Rodgers. He won't be able to manipulate him with his subliminal comments. He won't even be able to sneak off to the forest and go dark. Well, they could sneak off. I mean, there is no, no, you know, there's no forest in New York City, although they play in, in New Jersey, obviously, MetLife Stadium. But yeah, I mean, Aaron will still be able to do his offseason retreats Whatever it may be. I mean, it's something different every year. Last year's the ayahuasca. This year it's the the darkness treat, which that one I really don't get. I don't get ayahuasca. I I, I do not get being completely submerged in darkness for uh two days, three days, however long he's in there. That feels like it'd be somewhat damaging to your uh, to your retina. I don't know. Anyways, let's move on to a trade. Uh oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Patrick was talking about Skip Bayless on FS1. I was talking about Colin. Because I know, you know, Colin was not high on Baker. No, Skip loves Baker. Skip Bayless would be pounding his hands when Baker suits up again because all we've heard is Baker's a starter, can win games. Has the perfect roster. Yeah, it was Odell's fault that he failed. Yeah, then Odell jumps ship, joins the Los Angeles Rams and is a key piece in them winning the Super Bowl. But, I mean, I was all over that. I was, I was all over the, the the whole situation with, with Baker and Odell. But, hey, the Baker defenders didn't, didn't want to listen and, you saw what happened. Odell got Odell's got a Super Bowl ring and has a lot of suitors. Baker, it feels like his suitors are the Bucks and the Rams as Stafford's backup. Speaking of the Rams, I'm going to be really interested to see what they do in the next week, week and a half. Now that the offseason has officially begun, because they traded Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I'll get to Jalen Ramsey to Miami in just a second. For the Rams, though, it's fair. It's almost like remember the meme last year with Brian, the great Brian Windhorse, I should say, at ESPN, the NBA insider, when he was talking about with the whole Kevin Durant situation when the Utah Jazz traded Royce O'Neal to the Brooklyn Nets. And there's the meme of him, you know, kind of going like that, like, watch out. What is Utah doing? Well, why are the Jazz a quite, you know, remember that? And I've never been so on edge to hear somebody talking about Royce O'Neal, but. I feel that way with the Rams. What are the Rams doing? Because they unload Jalen Ramsey, which frees up a ton of cap space. But they still have Matthew Stafford. They still have Aaron Donald. And they still have Cooper Cup. Those are their three franchise uh, building pieces. And Sean McVay comes back. It'd be, I think it'd be very different if Sean McVay had, in fact, retired and went into broadcasting or whatever he was going to do. You have the Rams. They win a Super Bowl a couple of years ago after going all in, to their credit. Last year, they took a huge step back. Some of it was they were not, they had no depth whatsoever. And some of it was that because they had no depth and some of the other guys got injured, it came back to bite them. But I got to say, what's going on with the Los Angeles Rams trading Jalen Ramsey? Are they trying to free up cap space to go get somebody? Are they, by the way, Allen Robinson, they could free up some cap space letting him go. Obviously, he's been a huge disappointment with the Rams. I was all in on that move. That that didn't work at all. Do they go out and get? Do they trade for DeAndre Hopkins using this third-round pick? Obviously, also with some other assets. 
Do they reunite with Odell? Do they go out and get a defensive piece? Do they add? Do they try and uh, you know help their offensive line, which is kind of in shambles right now? Do they address it in the draft? It's very interesting because the Rams are an aggressive organization. Okay, Stan Kroenke, who's one of my favorite owners in the NFL, he's an aggressive guy. Les Snead, the general manager, he's aggressive, as is Sean McVay, the head coach. Heck, their quarterback's aggressive. He throws a lot of interceptions, Matthew Stafford. That's kind of their MO as a franchise. Are they just going to automatically go in the tank? Or are they going to say, hey, I mean, San Francisco's in our division. We know what they're going to be next year. Philadelphia appears to be. Now, they're, they're going to lose some defensive starters, but I, I have a hard time seeing Philadelphia taking this huge step back. They'll still be a player in the NFC, uh, but Green Bay's going to lose Aaron Rodgers. Vikings are almost certainly going to take a step back. I anticipate the same for the Giants. Rams are sitting back and saying, like, we probably have a top four quarterback in the conference. Now that Rodgers is gone, Hurts is the best. Dak is probably second. Carr's third, in my view. And then it's probably Stafford. I'd take, I would take Matthew Stafford over Kirk Cousins. over, And I love Geno Smith, but over Geno Smith. And definitely over Kyler Murray. I'm totally out on Ky- Kyler Murray. It's, it's, it's fascinating. I'm, I'm just, the next week and a half, that's the team that I'm really going to be studying. What is the Rams' plan this offseason? Because they're always, there's not, they're not an organization that just flies by the seat of their pants like a lot of organizations out there that just willy-nilly spends on guys they probably shouldn't spend on. You're not sure, okay, what's their goal? They're giving up assets, but they're not, they're not, uh, you know, paying guys. The, that's not the LA Rams. I don't know. It's I, I'm curious to see what, what their plan is for this offseason. As for the guy they traded, Jalen Ramsey, uh, to the, to the, uh, Miami Dolphins. Again, they got a third round. Rams got a third round pick and a backup tight end, essentially. <laughs> I got to tell you, I don't think it makes Miami significantly better. Yes, Jalen Ramsey was once one of the top corners in the NFL. Is he anymore? I was on this in week one. I, I remember talking about I remember the Rams got blown out by the Bills on opening night at SoFi. I came on my show the next day. I said, I'm not panicky about the Rams, but one of the concerns I have was, man, Jalen Ramsey got torched again by a top receiver. Look at these numbers for Jalen Ramsey, okay? And if you compare the three full seasons, he was a Los Angeles Ram. So 2020 through 2022. In 20 and 21, he gave up an average quarterback completion percentage of 56.5%. That's pretty good. Like that's... Basically, it's a coin flip as to whether the pass is going to be completed against Jalen Ramsey. So that's that's pretty good. In 2022, that went up basically 8, 9, 10%. It went from 56% completed passes against Jalen Ramsey to 65%. Touchdown to interception ratio against Jalen Ramsey went from four touchdowns, five picks, which is outstanding, to seven touchdowns, four picks last year. Again, pass rating, this is the telling one. Quarterbacks passer rating in 2020 and in 2021 against Jalen Ramsey. Their passer rating was 68. Below league average. Their passer rating when throwing against Jalen Ram- throwing at Jalen Ramsey last year, 99. So basically, you got a 100 passer rating when throwing at Jalen Ramsey last year. I do not love this move for the Miami Dolphins at all. 
Because now what this means, you're already paying Tyree Kill. You're going to have to pay Jalen Waddle next year because he's a tremendous wide receiver. Yes, you bring in Vic Fangio, and that helps. Vic Fangio is one of the premier defensive coordinators in the league. We understand that. But you already had a number one corner in Xavier Howard, who had a great year a year ago and has had an excellent career. Jalen Ramsey is not only a declining player, but man, he is an expensive player. And that contract still got another two, three years left on it. So I, I, I don't know, man. That, that That's like inside confusing move for Miami, especially too. If Jalen has another down year next year, now his his value is 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 gone. No, nobody's going to trade for a guy like that, especially on the deal that he's on for as long as he's on. And what is that going to mean? Now you have to pay Waddle, and now what the heck do you do at quarterback? Because you guys know I'm not high on Tua. I think he's a starter in the NFL. I do not believe he's a franchise quarterback like the Dolphins seem to believe he is. If Tua has either a down year next year or like this year he... This past season, he stays hurt, deals with a lot of injuries, and the Dolphins got to make a move at quarterback. They basically have to draft a guy. And we know what, what it is with drafting quarterbacks. You don't know. I mean, there's occasional quarterbacks. Your Trevor Lawrence's, your Andrew Lux, your Peyton Manning's. They're like surefire going to work in the NFL. Not many of those. Like that. That's a once-in-a-decade type of player. And I listen, Caleb Williams could be that next year, but I don't think the Dolphins will be bad enough to get the number one pick. Matter of fact, I'm almost certain of it. Like, I don't know. I it's. I'm curious what the Rams' plan is. No clue what Miami's is. Yeah, they're trying to load up the roster around Tua, but they could have used an offensive lineman. Okay, they they, they could have used maybe a linebacker, Jalen Ramsey. You already had your number one guy. I don't know. It, it's it's a curious move at best. I I don't love it for uh. I, I don't love it for Miami at all. Barry says, cupboard is bare, bro. They need to get more draft capital. They need to trade off more people, retool, and go after it again. Honestly, I don't totally disagree with you. Again, Stafford and especially Cup and Donald, their stock is never going to be more high than it is right now. Like that's, you know, Bill Belichick was famous for that for years, almost to a fault, where he would move off of players that maybe a year earlier than most would have. But it, it worked out. And Barry says, to be fair, everyone on the Rams had an off year, but he has a lot to prove in Miami. That he does. And again, he's he's kind of the number two corner. I think Xavier Howard's a better player today than Jalen Ramsey is. Jalen Ramsey's a bigger name. Xavier Howard's the better player. So he gets to be the number two guy, essentially. And he's got Vic Fangio as his DC. I just don't know. Now, look, it's in a division with Josh Allen. It appears to be Aaron Rodgers. And obviously, Mac Jones is a pretty steep decline from those two. Um, but solid quarterback play in that division when, you know, defensively. And by the way, l- l- let me see the quarterbacks that the Dolphins are going to have to play because I have not seen Miami's schedule. Because, again, we know the AFC is, is cl- I mean, it's head and shoulders above the NFC in terms of quarterback talent. Uh, l- l- let's see. Checking the Dolphins. 2023 against their schedule. Schedule doesn't come out for another couple months, but we do know who their opponents are. We know everybody's opponents are. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Bills, Patriots, Jets. They've got the Broncos. Again, I anticipate Russell will be better this year. I don't think he'll ever be the old Russell again, but he'll be better with Sean Payton. Uh, The Raiders with Jimmy G. That's not threatening. They do have to play Kansas city at Arrowhead. That feels like a loss. They do have to play the chargers who they lost to a year ago. They got to play the Cowboys with Dak. 
Uh, Giants, that's not threatening. The Eagles with Jalen Hurts. The Commanders will see if they do. Titans. Ravens, if Lamar is there, that's tough. We, we know they had to win a shootout last year to beat Lamar. Their defense was awful that day. Carolina, probably a rookie quarterback. So there's there's some tough quarterbacks I got to play. I mean, again, uh, uh, Mahomes, Herbert, uh, Hurts, possibly Lamar, Dak, Josh Allen twice, Aaron Rodgers twice. Man, that is, that's kind of a gauntlet. I'm not saying Miami can't make the playoffs, but man, that's that's tough. Uh, you know, they're, they're, I know those quarterbacks are going to be targeting Jalen Ramsey. We'll see. Last topic of the day. I was anticipating that the Aaron Rodgers move might happen during our sh- during the show. Doesn't look like it, although I could be wrong. You know, two three minutes from now, I could get the notification that the deal's made official. And the funny thing is, Trey Wingo and I'm a, a huge Trey Wingo fan. Loved him as his days at ESPN. Trey Wingo reported that the deal was done, that Aaron Rodgers is a Jet, and minutes later, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network comes out and says, uh, no, it's not. Aaron's, like, here's what we do know. The details of the trade have been agreed to. That's all the news out, all the sports outlets are, are saying the terms of the deal have been agreed to by the Green Bay Packers and the New York Jets. It all comes down to Aaron. Does he want to play for the Jets? Now, it appears the Packers, not just by making the deal, but GR Mark Murphy, the team president the other day, he was talking about Aaron Rodgers in the past tense. He said something along the lines of Brett Favre. He called him Brett. Brett had a good career here. Aaron had a good career here. It's like, it's like okay, you can't get more obvious than that. He's, he's, he's played his last snap as a Packer. Uh, or so it appears. I mean, that's the team president. That's not some insider that's not – I mean – that's the guy who literally runs the football operations. They're talking about his his former longtime superstar quarterback in the past tense. So it feels inevitable, but uh, who knows? Who knows what happens? Last topic today. I wanted to end today's show with uh, on a good note, at least at least for me, maybe for you. And that is talking about my Golden State Warriors, who, by the way, play the Phoenix Suns tonight. Since we're at home, we should win because we never lose at home. And we always lose on the road. Trying to figure that out. Oh, I'm telling you, you know, reports of the Warriors' demise has been been greatly exaggerated. Because since I haven't been here, because the last show I did, they the day after they had lost to the Lakers, the first game out of the All-Star break, but there was no Steph, no Wiggins. The Lakers had come off, again, the Lakers made some great moves at the deadline, and I still think AD had a terrible game last night against the Knicks. I still think the Lakers are going to get in the playoffs as the 7 or 8 seed. We'll talk about the Lakers later on. But Warriors, what do they do? They went to the Chase Center, won five straight games, led by Klay Thompson, who was incredible in that five-game stretch. Clay, By the way, Klay, I think I'm getting his stat right. Clay averaged the most points this past February, the last month. He averaged the most points in a month that he had his entire career with something like 26, 27 points a game. And he was hitting 10 threes seemingly every other night. He, he, was, he was incredible. It was just like seeing 2016 Clay Thompson, game six Clay Thompson, if you will. So Clay led them five game winning streak. Steph comes back again. They're playing the Lakers again. They lose a close one of the Lakers. They lose a game that they should not have lost uh, to, to Oklahoma City. Shea Gill just Alexander went off. And then they lost to the Memphis Grizzlies in what was the Grizzlies game seven of the NBA Finals, apparently. I mean, I know Grizzlies fans in my life that are still posting about that game. It's like, rent-free, guys, rent-free. But 
And then they come back home. And what was a highly entertaining game, Saturday night, Golden State and Milwaukee. Unfortunately, there was no Giannis. Uh, well, I guess fortunately for the Warriors, that helped us a lot. Although they, the Bucks were coming in the game 9-5 and five without Giannis. Just going to show you how great of a team they are. Steph Curry going into the last two minutes of the game. Think about this. Going into the last two minutes of that game, Steph Curry had scored 16 points. Why is that? Because he was being guarded by the guy that Dylan Brooks thinks he is, Drew Holiday, who, no disrespect to Marcus Smart, last year defensive player of the year, Drew Holiday to me is clearly, clearly the best on-ball guard defender in all of basketball. His length, anticipation, quickness, not to mention he can give you 20, 25 in the offensive end. Drew Holiday is one of the most underrated players in the NBA. I mean, he's crucial to the Bucs. Steph had 16 points going in the final two minutes of that basketball game. I'm sorry. Steph had 16 points going into the last two minutes of regulation. Steph Curry finished with 36 points. He scored 11. Matter of fact, he scored the Warriors' last 11 in that two-minute stretch. Keep in mind, they were down eight with under two minutes to go. Steph came back. Uh, he hit a three off of a, a little ball movement off the play from, from Draymond. He had another three uh, off, I think it was off another pass from Draymond. He'll lay up to tie the game, and he answered to Drew Holiday three with a step back three over of his own over Drew Holiday. Not to mention he swatted, get that out of here, swatted Drew Holiday's shot at the rim. And then he scored nine in overtime, including a ridiculous three um, with about two minutes left in the overtime period uh, to lead the Warriors to a win. Now, the Warriors are going to have to get better on the road. 7-26 and 26 ain't good. Okay, only the Rockets and the Spurs, two teams that are effectively tanking, are worse than that. Here's my take on Golden State. Steph's the best player in the world until proven otherwise. I said this after, I remember a year ago, I remember this, the day after the 2022 All-Star game. I, you could check the tape, I said this. If Steph Curry wins the 2022 finals, he's the best player in the world. That is exactly what happened. Now, do I think best player in the world is, is based off of just winning the finals? No, because that, that was the case. Then Kawhi has been the best player in the world twice. I don't think that's ever been the case for Kawhi. And I don't think KD's ever been the best player in the world, at least in LeBron's prime. Point being, best player in the world is an update your resume type of situation. And the fact of the matter is, Steph Curry is averaging 29 a game on 50-40-90 shooting. Not to mention he's giving you six assists. Not to mention that in the clutch, he's the best player in the NBA. He's 14 for 20. And I think it was, let me make sure I'm getting the stat right because I don't want to butcher it. Uh, yeah, Steph Curry in the last, uh, yeah, over the last three minutes of the fourth quarter and overtime this season, Steph Curry is 14 for 20 from the field on shots to tie the game or take the lead. So last three minutes, shots to tie or take the lead, Steph Curry shoots 70%. He's the best player in the world. Clay looks like the Clay of old. He's been outstanding this year. Draymond, I know people like to pick on Draymond, particularly those bums in Memphis. Draymond's had a solid year. He's scoring more this year. Uh, he, he's been just as good as, as he always is in the defensive end of the floor, and he makes the Splash Brothers jobs that much easier. Uh, Kavon Looney has been Iron Man, as he always has been. The question for Golden State is for me. 
Andrew Wiggins. Now, Andrew Wiggins has been away from the team for about a month due to a family matter. Can only pray for him and his family, whatever situation that they're in. It's obviously much more important than basketball. I will sell my stock of the Warriors win the championship this season if Andrew Wiggins does not come back. If he does, I'm, I'm, I'm more than I have been all season long. Gary Payton's going to come back soon. Jonathan Kaminga's going to come back soon. You've already got DiVincenzo, who's been a godsend off the bench. He's been incredible. He had like six threes the other night, had 20 points. DiVincenzo's been great for us this year. Uh, who else? Jamichael Green had a big night. He's, I mean, I remember Jamichael Green got off to a rough start this year and has really found his rhythm within the, the rotation, has found a good place for him. So and here's, here's another question I have. As somebody on the Warriors, when they play, it makes me, makes me want to punch the TV, although I would never do that. Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole. Yes, he's inefficient, but that's not what bothers me. That's not what bothers me. It's when Jordan Poole tries to go 250 miles an hour. Tries to... Jordan Poole, you're not Kyrie Irving, okay? I'm not a Kyrie fan at all, but the dude is the greatest handle I've ever seen in my life. You're not Kyrie Irving. Stop trying to be. Stop turning the ball over on trying to dribble the ball through your legs, behind your back, back through your legs, spin. Stop, okay? That's, that's not your game. Your game is to get to the rim off the dribble. Your job is to knock down open shots because you're going to get a plenty of those playing with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson with Draymond Green as the primary distributor. Play your game and play within the offense. I mean, you're seeing Draymond. We Again, we know what happened before the season started, but that play against Oklahoma City where Draymond is calling for the ball, yelling for the ball, pulled it past him, and Draymond literally gives up on the play, just walks off, and Oklahoma City gets a turnover back the other way. You've had Steve Kerr getting incredibly animated on the sideline whenever Poole makes a mistake. I've seen Steph Curry roll his eyes. Heck, Steph Curry got thrown out of a game. He was so mad at Jordan Poole by chucking his mouthpiece the length of the floor when Jordan Poole took a very ill-advised shot. That's the question. Could Jordan Poole play more within the offense like he did a year ago? And can Andrew Wiggins come back? If the answer to both of those, heck, if the answer to the Wiggins question, that's the big one. Wiggins comes back, Golden State's winning the West. Golden State's winning the West. Okay, Denver, you watch Denver as of late? Yeah, it looks so good. Uh, Jokic don't look all you know. Jokic don't look like an MVP right now. That guy in Philadelphia does. That's neither here nor there. Uh, Sacramento, while they've been a great story, and while Mike Brown, if he's not coach of the year, please tell me who is. They don't play any defense. Okay, they gave up 175 points to the LA Clippers uh, a few weeks back. Now I get that was double overtime, but 175 points. Come on now. Uh, you've got the, who's the three-seeded? Memphis, please. With jaw, without jaw, Golden State wipes them out in five games. Forget about Memphis. Okay, you've got, who's the four-seed? The Suns? You know me, I'm all in on Phoenix. Problem is, Katie twists his ankle in warm-ups. And Katie's dealt with all kinds of injuries the last few years. Chris Paul, we know what his history is in the postseason. While I like De Devin Booker, I don't think he could be the best player on a championship team. And DeAndre Ayton, let me tell you something. The bad blood still exists between him and Monty Williams, and it will show itself come playoff time. You can book it. They can't guard Golden State. Okay, the who's the five? Is the clip clip really Clippers? Yeah, Clippers gonna beat Golden State. Okay, okay. I worry about Kawhi's health. 
Paul George comes and goes in the playoffs, and they have Russell Westbrook. That's all I need to know. Uh, Dallas, please. <laughs> Dallas wasn't a threat before Kyrie. Now they got Kyrie. Golden State would dismantle them in five games. Uh, who else? Minnesota. Come on. Uh, and now we're getting to Minnesota and the Lakers and who else is in that discussion? Uh, I mean, the smoke OKC and Utah. Like, come on. To me, there's one serious where it's like if they're healthy, if they're hitting, man, they're a threat to Golden State in the Western Conference, and that's Phoenix. The question is, or the problem is, they rare, they're rarely healthy. Golden State, to me, is going to dog walk the Western Conference in the postseason. Because the problem, the thing is, when one game on the road, you win the series. Because Golden State's been one of the best teams in the NBA at home. They'll get the road issue fixed with probably two weeks left in the regular season. By the way, they play Phoenix tonight at home, and they've got five road games. By the way, some of those road games are are not a... I mean, there's a Houston in there. You know, obviously Houston's tanking, so they'll beat Houston. But some of the, the teams Golden State's got to play on the road, okay? Clippers, Hawks, Grizzlies, Rockets, Mavs. Okay, four out of those five are legitimate playoff teams. Uh, two of those teams... You could, I guess, three technically have championship championship aspirations. Golden State is going to correct the road, uh, their road bugaboos, and they're going to keep doing what they're doing at home. And again, who do you trust in the playoffs? Experience, believe it or not, when you've done something over and over, and then you got somebody who's never done it before, and this isn't any industry, any business, any activity, whatever the case may be. Believe it or not, experience actually kind of means something. And Golden State's, in case you haven't noticed, they've done this thing. They, they, they've danced this dance a, a, a time or two. The only team where I'm like, oh, I do not want, I do, as a Warriors fan, the only team I'm like, I do not want to see these guys is the Milwaukee Bucks if Giannis is healthy. Because again, the Bucks took them down to the wire without Giannis. Because that's how good they are. To me, if, if Golden State gets to the finals, which they will if they're healthy, and Boston beats Milwaukee to get there. I will, I will fall down my knees and say thank you, God. We just got a championship because we match up with Boston great. I'm not sure we match up with Milwaukee that great. Outside of that, people tell me all these questions about the Warriors. Here's why I do not. You got questions, I got answers. I got the best player in the world. I've got a top two, three defensive player in basketball. I've got the second greatest shooter of all time still in his prime on the offensive end at least. Cross your fingers about Wiggins, but if Wiggins is there, I've got one of the three best two-way guys in the NBA. I've got an iron man at center. I've got a great sixth man come off the bench on both sides of the floor. If Jordan Poole is right, I've got one of the better shot makers come off the bench. I've got a, a stretch four coming off the bench, one of the better guys in the league, Jermichael Green. By the way, I've got Gary Payton, one of the best on-ball guard defenders in basketball, and a lob threat. I'm chilling. I'm good. What you got? You you, you got any that anything like that Western Conference? I don't think so. Golden State's winning the Western Conference. You can book that right now. You can book it. There's no question about it. If they're healthy, nobody's beating Golden State in the West. No, nobody's beating Golden State in the West. Patrick says, I knew this was coming with Jordan Poole. <laughs> I said, Man, I tell you, it's like sometimes it's like watching a, a smaller, less athletic Westbrook, except Poole's obviously a better shooter than Westbrook. It's like watching a, 
a, a less athletic Westbrook sometimes. I mean, it's, it, oh my gosh, watching Jordan Poole makes me mad occasionally, man. If he can get right, we're good. Everybody talking about all these questions about Golden State. I got answers. It's y'all that's got the questions. It, it's, it's the other teams in the West that's got the questions. Next year, the Lakers are a threat. You better believe they are. With, with the moves they made at the deadline, the problem is it's too late this year, and LeBron's coming off of an injury, and AD, and knock on wood, I'd never, ever root for injuries. Ever. Never want a guy to go down, because coming back from injury sucks, and going through an injury sucks. But Anthony Davis, AD stands for always down. You can't rely on him physically. Now, if he is there, and if he is engaged, okay, we, we got a different conversation. But that's rarely the case. It's it's not been the case the last three years. Yeah, Dubs will win the West. Right, come on now. Like why 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 are we why are we even having this discussion? It is, I mean, it is it is this close this this close to being a foregone conclusion. This close. I'm hearing a lot of people in the media. A lot of folks. I even heard one of the biggest, one of the Warriors' biggest allies in the media, Stephen A. Smith, who I got nothing but love and respect for, by the way. Loved his book, Straight Shooter. But I even heard Stephen A. Smith this morning, first take, talk about he, he doesn't really believe in the Warriors. Okay. You got your Kendrick Perkins and your Nick Wrights and your Rick Bukers and uh, your Skip Baylesses. You know, all the people out there just writing out the Golden State Warriors. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll bring that tape back out come June. I'll, I'll bring the tape back out. Uh, let's see. Dol Dolphins reached agreement to two-year deal to bring back linebacker Duke Riley. Okay. And there was another move. Let's see. Uh, Dolphins are giving former uh, Titans linebacker David Long Jr. a two-year $11 million deal. So, okay, they shore up their linebacking core. It's a good signing for Miami. But I don't know. We'll see. We're going to have a loaded show on Thursday, by the way. I'm going to talk NBA MVP. I'm going to talk... Probably, probably see if I can fit the Bears-Panthers trade in there somewhere. Kevin Durant. I mean, there's so many things happening in sports. By the way, that March Madness thing, it starts pretty soon. We're going to cover that too, just not on Thursday. Okay? Tune in. Just, we'll let everybody know. And I'll promote it on social media. But tune in Wednesday night, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific Time PM, by the way. It's not a morning show. It's a late night show. Or not, it's not late, but... Somewhat late on the East Coast. 9 p.m. Eastern at 6 p.m. Pacific time on Facebook Live, YouTube, and Twitter. The Carving It Up 2023 March Madness special uh, with Jamel Crowthers. He is at the Grid Network. He writes a lot of incredible pieces for us uh, on our website. We really, really appreciate him. Going to have him on the show. He is the college basketball aficionado, certainly more, more so than I am. I'm going to give my bracket. He's going to give his thoughts. Uh, and we're essentially going to pick a national champion. Sounds good to me. I'm looking forward to it. So Wednesday night, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific time, 6, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific time on Facebook Live, YouTube, and on Twitter right here on Carving It Up. Nothing but NCAA tournament talk uh, as we as we get closer to the big dance. And let's see, if you want my thoughts on Tennessee, we're going to beat Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. We're going to get them. And then we've got Duke in all likelihood in the second round. Do I think we're going to beat Duke? I don't. I'm just being honest with you. I don't. Duke's playing incredible basketball. We're not. Am I going to pick us with clenched teeth, with cl eyes closed? Yeah. I think Tennessee's going to reach the Sweet 16 and no, not much further. 
We peaked. We peaked in January, folks. We were second ranked in the nation in January. Today, we're 20th ranked, and we're a four seed. Like, it just, I don't know. My, my, my hopes are not high. And, and, and listen, you guys know I, I love Coach Rick Barnes. That's my guy. I love Rick Barnes. But he has tended to struggle in the tournament. So, we'll see. We'll, we'll win our opening game. But that I'm, I am confident in. I just don't, I'm not all that confident we get a, out of the round of 32. So, we'll see. All right. Man, it was great to be back. It was great to be back on the show. Great to have you guys all watching and listening. That is all the time we have for today's show. Again, appreciate everybody stopping uh, by to watch and listen, those who contributed in the comments section. Be sure to catch Carving It Up Live on Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time on Facebook Live, YouTube, and Twitter. But before that, check out the Carving It Up 2023 March Madness special with my man Jamel Crothers on Facebook Live, YouTube, and Twitter. Again, Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Eastern. I'm sorry, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific time on Facebook Live, YouTube, and Twitter here on Carving It Up. Nothing but March Madness Talk 2023. Looking forward to it. And be sure to go to Catch Carving Up Live uh, uh, again, once again on Thursday, 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific time. We'll get back to our regular uh, show. Be sure to like, share, comment, and take two seconds out of your day. Hit that big red subscribe button. Helps the channel grow exponentially. Again, we appreciate everybody stopping by after this two-week break. Uh, Yeah. So, again, check out our, our stuff. Can you get some more content out there? And also, be sure to go subscribe to the Grid Network. That is G-R-Y-D, the Grid Podcast Network. Anywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, wherever you get your podcast, here at the Grid Network, which is where my show's at. Okay, you could also check out, you saw some guys in the comments there. You saw Barry Grant Jr., who is the co-founder of the Grid, along with Mike Guido. All Even Podcast had a great show recently. Be sure to go check it out. Uh, All Even Podcast, you saw Patrick Brown in the comments, the Chaotic Sports Podcast, and Patrick's got a new show uh, called The Forum, a Los Angeles podcast uh, coming very, very soon to the Grit Network. Be sure to check that out, along with the Chaotic Sports Podcast, which he already has. Let's get a new episode of that. Uh, what else do we have? We've got uh, Alfred Parsar Jr. who was in the comments. Metropolitan Report. Tr- um, outstanding baseball podcast. I'm, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Please, please, please go check out his show, The Metropolitan Report, on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast on the grid. Who else we got? The Cowboys Camp Fan Podcast. You, I saw Alex at the beginning of the show. Shout out to, to, to Alex and, and Adam and Anth. All the guys the Camp Fan Podcast. Be sure to check their stuff out on the grid. Uh, Ryan Flowers, Clutch Sports Talk. Check out his stuff on the grid. And we also, we got a new uh, member of the grid. Uh, we've got Parnell. He's got the Commander's Demand podcast. He's a big Washington Commanders fan. Uh, be sure to go check his stuff out. He's just, got, just put out a new episode. It's great, great stuff. Go support him on the grid network. Looking forward to it. All right. See y'all on Wednesday. Don't forget Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific time, the Carving It Up 2023 March Madness special. Looking forward to that. 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific time, Facebook Live, YouTube, Twitter. Have a great week, everybody. I'll see y'all on Wednesday night. March Madness is upon us, which means the NBA playoffs are not far away. Looking forward to it. Have a great week, everybody. Please continue to stay safe out there. Please be sure to take care of your physical and your mental health. God bless you all. Peace out. Yeah, it was good to be back. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button and go check out the other clips and full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.